You're listening to XOXO by The Knot, a new podcast exploring love in real life. I'm Whitney Little, and on the show today, you'll meet Mikey Russo and Richard Piana, who married on July 26, 2014. You may already know of Mikey. He's the founder of Michael Russo Events, and he's helped plan some really exciting celebrity weddings in the past few years. You might have heard of these people like Kevin Jonas, Joey Fatone, who is close friends with who I thought was going to be my future husband, Lance Bass from NSYNC. And he's currently working with former bachelorette Rachel Lindsay as she plans her wedding, which is super exciting. I don't think you're busy enough. Mikey's also starred in the FYI television series, Mikey Saves the Date, which we'll dig into a bit more later on in this episode. And his husband of five years and partner of nearly two decades, Richie, is a master of operations, marketing, and media. So these two hosted an incredible wedding celebration, which was inspired by a pair of shoes. It was. (laughs) After a 10-year-long engagement. And over the past two decades, they've both grown as individuals as well as a couple. And their love story is a true testament to good things being worth the wait. This is their story. I knew the second I met Richie, I would spend the rest of my life with him. And when people say that, it's like, oh, love, love at first sight. Like, it sounds corny and it just sounds like so cliche. But, like, it's hard to describe and put into words the, the emotion and the feeling of it unless you experience it. But when I met him, I said, oh, my God. I said, this is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, which was just so weird. It was the right time. It was the perfect moment. So I wouldn't change anything. After hitting it off at a New York City nightclub in 2001, Mikey and Richie knew almost immediately that they had found their forever people, but tying the knot wasn't in the cards for them until many years later. And as some background, in 2001, LGBTQ and same-sex marriage was not legal in the United States or New York State, where they met and were living at the time. Mikey and Richie, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Sure. There's no better place to start than at the beginning. So tell us about that night years ago that brought you two together. Well, Richie's story is a little different than mine, so I'll let Richie go first. It was a Friday night. My friend Angelica, who I grew up with since kindergarten, we're on our way home from work, and we're both like, ah, it's a, little, it's a little early. Let's not go home. Let's go out for a drink. And we ended up stopping at this place, a local place in Brooklyn called Spectrums. So me and Angelica walk in. We're hanging out, having a couple of drinks. And there's Mikey on the dance floor dancing around with his friends. And I was like, oh, Angelica, look how, you know, this guy looks kind of cute and everything. And she goes, well, go talk to him. And I said, no, I'm not going to go talk to him. And then she says, I'll go up to him and talk to him. And she spoke to Mikey. She went up to him, introduced herself. And then she's like, Richie, come here. And I said, no, he's got to come and talk to me. And, And then Mikey came up to me and we started talking. And then long story short, 18 years later, (laughs) married, (laughs) happily, and uh, living in Long Island. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the the story was pretty accurate. So Angelica did come over. She was like a ping pong ball. She came (laughs) over, she went back. She came over, she went back. So then finally, I'm like, all right, let me go say hi to this guy. I'm like, he's clearly not coming over. So I went over, I said, hi, I'm like Mikey, and we were just chit-chatting. And then he started to try and make out with me right away. (laughs) Richie. I know. I was like, (laughs) I gotta get out of here. And then I kind of just like ran away but then before he left we exchanged numbers but did we did we have phone or cell phones at that time i don't we must have we might have yeah we i had believe to. so yeah we had cell phones but that night when i got home i told mikey 
please call me when you get home. So I had to make sure like he got home safe and everything. Just a reminder, like this was 18 years ago, no social media, none of that. So, and we were young, (laughs) 18 years ago, I was in my early twenties. So still trying to discover myself. It's very young. It's it's so. It seems it's, like like it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was. It was almost twenty years ago. So like just us not even knowing if we had cell phones back then. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like I can't imagine not having a cell phone right now. Yeah. Or right. social media. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's but just we, weird. Yeah, we definitely had to have cell phones. Yeah, I think so. To communicate. Definitely. Is that nightclub still around where you met? No, it's now a condo complex. <laughs> <laughs> but Spectrums, that nightclub is the original Saturday Night Fever where John Travolta, where they filmed John Travolta's Saturday Night Fever. Right. It was the original dance floor with all those different color lights. And then it was called Odyssey 2000. So, so many people have visited that nightclub. Well, no, oh, it sounds so weird, nightclub. <laughs> well, it was. It was nightclub. I, I yeah. sound like my parents. <laughs> but um, The disco. Yeah, the disco. It's a Brooklyn land. I mean, it's not there no more, but so much it was history. Yeah, yeah, it was very iconic. iconic. Everybody met each other there. It could be any night of the week, and you would just go there because you know you would run into someone you knew. It was like the neighborhood spot. And just to have like a really good, fun time. And I wasn't. We weren't supposed to be there that night. I went to a birthday party with a friend, and the dinner ended like really early. And it was a Friday night, so we were like, "We're gonna go home." I'm like, "No, let's just go out." So we wind up going out. Yeah. And I met Richie. And And there you go. Yep. It was made made to be. Yep. So thanks to Angelica, you two met and Mm -hmm. hit it off immediately. But then where did it go from there? I was in love. (laughs) So when you have those. It was our first date. So like Richie said, oh, why don't you come meet me in the city and, you know, we'll have dinner. So I'm like, okay, so nice. So it was like really our first like date. That we yep. were like mm-hmm. going to see each other after we met. So like we spoke a bit on the phone back and forth. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to meet him, whatever. So I went to the florist. I got him, I think, just like one single red rose, which I thought was cute, right? So I get to the restaurant and there's Richie with like 15 of his childhood <laughs> friends since kindergarten. So I'm walking into the lion's den. I'm like, oh my God, this is so awkward. But his friends were just like totally like welcoming and warm and inviting. But that was our first date. Richie, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. My friends play an important role in my life. I mean, my friends and my family, as of today, those friends that Mikey met 18 years ago, those are my friends since kindergarten. And they just, they're part of me. I mean, everything goes through them. Some people go to counseling. I go to my friends. So was that like a hazing? <laughs> no, it's just like, you know, an I needed their process. approval. Yes. Like it was like an introduction of Mikey. Like, do they approve? Don't they approve? I mean, that would have been nice if it was like three or four dates and <laughs> not the first date. And you had no heads up. No. If I walked in on a date and he had 20 of his friends, I would immediately turn around and walk I was out. like, what is happening right now? But his friends were so sweet. Yeah. They were awesome. Yeah. So did you know pretty early on that he was the one or did it take a while? No, it's funny. Like I knew the second I met Richie, I would spend the rest of my life with him. I just, there was, I don't know, like it's very, and when people say that, you're like, oh, love, love at first sight. Like it sounds corny and it just sounds like so cliche, but like it's hard to describe and put into words the, the emotion and the feeling of it unless you experience it. But when I met him, I said, oh my God, I said, this is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Which was just so weird. 
And was it He's the crying. same for you? <laughs> oh, you're crying. Oh, God, um, now I'm, Mikey's crying. I'm a little teary-eyed, too, but I'm, I'm very emotional today. I feel um. like I need to cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange because Mikey lived in Long Island. I lived in Brooklyn, and I worked in the city. So every so I would go to work, come home from work, take the train, jump in my car, drive to Long Island. So I would drive to his house, and driving to his house, it just felt very normal. Like, wow, I've been here before. It felt like... I just can't describe this feeling. It's like just driving up to his home and meeting his family. It felt like I've been here. It's it's felt so familiar, so comfortable. It just I can't express just the situ not the situation, like the just that feeling turning up to his block and pulling into the driveway. It's like I've been here before. Like it's what's that word? Deja vu, right? Yeah, Is that yeah right? that's right. That's right. <laughs> but it just felt very um I felt like I've met him before. I felt like I've been in the house before. I felt like I'm, you know, walking through the front door. I've been here meeting his family. It just felt very normal. I can't say it felt normal because it is normal, but it just felt like... Familiar. Very familiar. But what's very funny familiar. is because Richie grew up in Brooklyn, right? So Brooklyn and Long Island are completely opposite. <laughs> like there's nothing familiar that would be of Long Island to Brooklyn. Right. Like when he first came here to my house, he's like, what's that smell? I'm like, what? And he's like, I don't know. It smells so weird. I'm like, he's, he's like, what is it? They just cut the grass. So like where I lived, we had a like a huge property. So like they just cut the grass. So that's what it smelled like. But he didn't know what the smell was. Like I knew what grass smelled like, but it was just but freshly like, cut grass freshly cut is, is very different. Correct. You're right. Yeah. I forget. I grew up in Texas, so I'm used to that. Yeah. But when I go home, there's so many things. I'm like, oh, yeah, this exists. Because yeah. yes. New York City's so different. Yes. Yeah. So... Let's fast forward a few years to mm. 2004, and Richie, you're ready to take the next step. So tell us about the proposal. So 2004, I just felt, I don't want to lose this guy. So my family really didn't know too much. They knew about Mikey, but they really didn't know about Mikey. It was kind of, I wasn't out to my, was I out to my family back then? I think I did come out. Oh, at that well, no. At that point, I came out already, 2004. Yes, at that point, you came out. But before that... I Your wasn't mom. out to my family. My friends, all my friends knew, yeah. everybody, every single one of them, from Joey Fatone, everybody knew. Those were my buddies, as I said, my friends and my family. But my mom didn't know, and my sister didn't know. Right. So then 2004, fast forward forward, I wanted to marry this guy, but I couldn't get married. But I didn't want to lose him as a, you know, as a husband, boyfriend. So I went out, bought him a ring, and... I was so nervous. So he comes over. So nervous. Comes over and I wasn't feeling well. No, I think you were just so nervous that that's why you weren't feeling well. Probably. Yeah. So I didn't know how to propose to him. I was like, so just nervous altogether. We had ordered Chinese, Chinese food. And, no, it uh, was, you must have already had it because it wasn't there. Like I didn't It was order in the it. fridge. Yeah. And I just placed the ring on top of like the Chinese food in the refrigerator. And Mikey comes over. He's like, what's the matter? I'm like, no, no, I'm just not feeling good. So I'm like, can you get the food out of the fridge and warm it up? And I had the ring there. So he opens the It's uh, What a bad way to get engaged. Yeah, it, it wasn't the most romantic. <laughs> romantic. But you know something? It was just the two of us in my house. And that's that was it. I was like, Mikey, can you get the, the food and reheat the food? And he goes in the refrigerator, opens the door, and sees the ring there. And I'm like, hey, will you marry me? And that was it. There was no, no, uh, no like... Uh, definitely wasn't out of a romantic comedy. No. But, you know, if you really think about it, I was thinking about this before, speaking about it, is that 
that was 20, almost 20 years ago. I was so young, naive, not naive on the relationship, but naive on the engagement, this whole like same sex. I mean, I know I was gay, but very nervous, very young. Again, I'm still discovering myself, you know. So um, again, his story is like almost accurate. <laughs> so I came over and we were building a cottage on my parents' property to move into together. So I had like the blueprints and everything. So I was really excited to show them to him, you know, just to show him like where the kitchen was going to be. And like, did he want a double vanity in the bathroom? Like just like all like fun, exciting things. Right. So I'm going through like the blueprints with him and he was just like spaced out. Like he was just not paying attention. I'm like, Rich, is there something wrong? Like, do you not want to do this? And he's like, no, 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 yeah, I love it, yeah, yeah. So then, finally, like, halfway through, clearly something was not right. Like, I, I knew something wasn't right. So I wasn't sure if it was because of the blueprints or, like, the moving it. I just was so confused. So then finally he's like, you know, I'm not really feeling well. He's like, can you heat up soup for me? It's in the refrigerator. So I'm like, okay. So I did. I went over to the refrigerator. And at first... The box was on top of the soup, and I just took the box off and I put it down next to the soup and, like, took the soup out. And he was like, was there anything else in there? And I'm <laughs> like, no, why? And he's like, look again. So then I looked again, and then the ring was in the refrigerator. Isn't that so funny? And yeah. I picked it up and, like, took it off the soup container and put it back down. Like, Was it cold? The soup was cold. The ring. <laughs> <laughs> the ring was cold. Did you know it was quickly. coming? No, to be honest, I really was surprised. I'm not surprised with many things, like just in general, and I was surprised. I think this is a great proposal. Richie was telling me, like, I know it feels so long ago and maybe not as... I had no flowers. Right. I just... That's I okay. Know. I was nervous and didn't know what No, I was but doing. I think if Richie would have planned anything else more extravagant like I think it would have fell apart because he was just so nervous you know what I'm saying so I think it was it was the perfect proposal for us I made up for it yeah how would you do it now it would sound strange if I say oh I would redo it I would you know like differently uh, you know it, it happened organically but I think if I would do it now at 20 years later it would, I think it would be like I don't know somewhere on the water on the beach or maybe in Italy in you know, now that we have all this history together, I know we have our favorite destination spot, our favorite restaurant, or like some, you know, with flowers and like in a garden, like an English garden with just, I don't know, like yeah. scented flowers around, like uh, Lily of the Valley. But that's, it's kind of weird because now I know what Michael likes and more about him. And like, there's so much significant things that I could put in a place uh, like his grandmother's flower was Lily of the Valley. And just having that around there, around part of our, oh my God, I get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> but just having these significant objects around us just would be beautiful. See, like I wouldn't change, like I wouldn't change anything of it because it was just, it was what it was. You know, it was just, it was the right time. It was the perfect moment. Like it was, it was just, it was what it was. Yeah. So I wouldn't change anything. I So then I got Richie a ring probably like a year later, right? Probably. And I w we, were going to, we were going to Italy. So I was planning to give it to him in Italy. But then when I got it, I got so excited that I couldn't wait. And it was literally like we were going away like two days later. But I just couldn't wait. I just gave it to him. So again, it was like a little lamer. But <laughs> I just gave it to him. I still think it's sweet. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> 
It's 2004 at this point, and gay marriage hadn't been legalized in New York State. And LGBTQ and same-sex marriage was legalized in New York, which is yes. so exciting, on July 24th, 2011. Yep. So can you share how that factored into your plans for marriage and your wedding? So it's funny because growing up, like, I always have friends that, gay friends that, say, when they were younger, they never envisioned themselves getting married. And they never thought it would be an opportunity. And I don't know why, but I always knew I would get married. Like, it was never a question, like, would I get married? Or, like, when I got married. I just knew I would be married, you know? So I never had that feeling of not being able to marry the person that I loved. I don't know why. Maybe it's just I'm an optimist, I guess. But then once, you know... It was legalized. Obviously, it was a celebration for everyone. But that really didn't play a factor into, like, us finally saying, all right, now we're getting married, you know, because that was in 11, and then we got married in 14. So really for us, it was finding the spot that really felt like home to us to get married. So some some place that we both mutually like loved and agreed on because most of the places, to be honest, were just like so cookie cutter, you know, like regular like wedding mill factories. And we're so not that, you know, and we, we just wanted something different. So I truly believe like when it's supposed to happen, it happens. And when it's right. meant to happen, it happens. But that was a huge accomplishment in this country for New York too. The law was passed and everything. We were super excited. Yeah. I remember we were at our friend's house and I think we cried, like, like, wow, this is – we get to experience this in our lifetime. You know, there's people that are not with us today that didn't have the opportunity that us um, – that we that we actually have, how it's, it's norm. It's the norm. You know, gay rights, gay marriage, especially here in New York. So we were watching TV so closely yeah. that night. And um, when it got – we were with Lori and Kim and um, – it was like a big relief. Like everybody's calling each other like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And we – we, I'm so lucky to be part of it that in my lifetime that the law got passed. So – and then a couple of years later, it wasn't about us getting married because we would have did it already whether it was in the United States or elsewhere. But we had to find the right venue and a place that both of our families would – you know, easy to get to. And then most importantly, a place that we both really felt at home, meaning – Location and that we just like yeah. that we just liked other places that we saw. I mean, Mikey as a wedding uh, celebrity event planner, he's done many weddings, and not one location have I have I ever seen that like like wow, this is for us. There was one time where our aunt she owns a home out in Sag Harbor, and we were like, wow, this would be a great destination, but too many guests to attend that property just wouldn't fit. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely want to get to the wedding planning aspect because this is the dream team right here that I'm talking to. (laughs) I quickly want to touch base on the engagement, though, because on average, engagements last around 14 months. Right. Yours lasted 10 years, which is just a little bit longer than mine. Mine lasted seven weeks. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I was just ready to be married. (laughs) But I have to ask, what was life like for you two throughout those years? So what changed? How did you two change as individuals? And then... What stayed the same? So I feel like, you know, we've changed, you know, a lot over 20 years, but we've changed with each other. So there wasn't like, you know, I was growing in a different direction and like wanting something different and Richie doing the same thing. Like 
we always consulted each other of like our moves of like, you know, what we were doing. So we've, we've moved and we've grown together over 20 years because to say I'm the same person today as I was 20 years ago is not true. Yeah, I'm a completely different person. I'm a better version of myself and because of Richie. So I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to describe, you know, like have you, how have you changed? I mean, I've definitely changed, but. I mean, I hate to say it, not to, I hate to say it, but I mean, we've been together for almost two decades and something about it is that like, we are both two individuals. We met each other when we were really young, and we've grown together. Michael's grown per- professionally and personally, and I've grown professionally and personally as well. And we're both, in these two decades, you know, growing and trying and finding each other. But one thing I must say is that we, we co- communication is definitely key. We've grown stronger. We know each other. I don't know. Well, I, I also ex- feel like... Well, for us at least, we're amazing together, but we're also amazing separately. You know what I'm saying? So, like, no, I don't mean that. <laughs> no, it's funny true. Way. I mean, like, we didn't lose that individuality. Like, right. I'm still me. Mikey is still Mikey. Right. And there are relationships out there where they lose it, and one of the, one couple loses themselves, right. and it becomes all about the other person. Which me and Mikey, like, we complement each other. It's like a yin and a yang. Mikey likes, I mean, I love food. <laughs> I don't like food. Um, <laughs> he likes so, spicy. I don't like spicy. <laughs> so it's like we complement each other. We, we, I don't, I, you know what? It's so weird when you're in a relationship, it works both ways. You know, like uh, one thing for sure is that we're committed to each other. Right. So, and that's something that it's love. Love, I love him. He loves me. We support each other emotionally, physically. I support Mikey with his career, his decisions. I listen to, I listen, but I don't always agree (laughs) with his decisions. But we grow as a couple. And there's many things that he may do or I may do that we don't agree upon. You know, like, oh, I don't like, I don't like, you know, how you said that or what you did or how you acted. But I would never hate him. You know, so that's how our relationship it grew, it grew, you know, right. and definitely, I'm definitely a family man, and we have two great supporting families. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, my dad isn't around anymore, but Mikey's dad has definitely been a second father to me, and I think it's important. And I mean, I can't say every relationship family is the, because <laughs> everybody has crazy family members, <laughs> but <laughs> that has helped, that also played a strong part in our relationship. Yeah, and like, and it, like and it makes just, us who we are today. Right. Again, like going back to us meeting when we were very young. So like we experienced life lessons with each other. Yeah. You know, like losing family members and like all of that stuff. So like it's hard to navigate that alone. So it was really great to be able to navigate that with someone that you admire and that you love. And you just you get through it or you yeah. don't. And we did. <laughs> There's still tears in here. I, I feel like a fool. <laughs> no, it's so nice. Well, there's nothing like having 10 years to plan your wedding. Yeah. yeah. And even as a professional wedding planner, it must have been a completely different experience for you, Mikey, to plan your own wedding yeah. and for Richie to be part of the process. So just a fun fact, at the knot, a lot of our team members get overwhelmed. A lot of us elope right. <laughs> because we... It's overwhelming. It's very overwhelming, and when you've been a part of the industry for so long, you've seen all these amazing things and know what's possible, and 
You're kind of just like, I, I don't even know where to begin. And then also the expectations that everyone else has for you. Yes. Because you are in the industry. Yes. Right. So how did you navigate that? So it was funny. When we found the venue, so we got married at the Harbor Club by Prime. It's in Huntington. We New loved York. it. <laughs> we really, truly loved the venue. So we were approaching it in a different aspect. So, like, I didn't want a cocktail hour because it's just like, I don't know, I just didn't want a cocktail hour. They're really known for their amazing food. So we agreed to not have a cocktail hour. So when we invited our guests, we invited more guests than the place could accommodate because we knew we wouldn't have a dance floor. So we would just put tables there and then go back upstairs for like the after party, right? So we go to the venue and his mom came with us, Fran. She came to the venue and we were walking the property and she saw everything. She's like, oh, it's so beautiful. I love it. She goes, oh, so the cocktail hour is out here. And I'm like, oh, no, we're not having a cocktail hour. And she said, oh, no. She's Italian, like very, very Italian. She's like, oh, no, you have to have, an, you have, to have a cocktail hour. <laughs> so I'm like, Fran, we're not having a cocktail hour. She's a heavy Italian accent. Fran. Yes. <laughs> so, and I look at Richie knowing like he's going to support me in this decision. And I said, right, Rich? And he's like, well. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> So we had a cocktail hour. So at that moment, I said, all right, Richie, if we're going to have a cocktail hour, the agreement is you can do food. You can do, like, everything food-related. You can pick the menu, everything. I said, but when it comes to visual, like, visual stuff, like decor, flowers, everything, like, that's my department. And he's like, okay, agreed. And that's not what happened. Richie, (laughs) what happened? What did you do? My mom from Italy, you know, she's very old school Italian. So she's, how can you not have a cocktail party? Uh, It has to be like, food is the most important part of the wedding. I mean, it has to be like enough food to feed like a thousand people. (laughs) It's like you have to have everything and everything. It's like it it became like a a feast of food. Which is what we did not want. How many guests did you have? We were at 2.30. Like 2.30. It's a lot of people to feed. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, you ever watched my, what is it called? My big, my big fat Greek wedding? Yes. Well, it was my big fat, fat Italian wedding. A gay Italian wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I would watch that. (laughs) It was pretty fun. Yep. It was really nice. But planning, going back to like the planning part of it, you know, essentially I was approaching it as clients. So like I was planning our wedding just putting things into places. I knew who we were using for video, photography, flowers. So I was just like doing stuff, you know? And I wasn't taking into account that it was my wedding <laughs> and our wedding, you know? I had to disconnect from like the planner side of it, which was very hard to do because that's what I do. And then be a groom, you know? It was just one of those it was just one of those things that I had a hard time letting go, but once I did let go, and followed my advice that I give my clients every day is when our wedding started to emerge and become our wedding. Yes. And what were the traditions you two embraced and used in your own ways? So I'm not, I wasn't very traditional when it came to the wedding. Like there wasn't many things that. Well, we had our uh, moms walk us down the aisle. Right. Yep. Which I wanted to walk down together. I thought that would be cute, just like the two of us, like walking into it together, or walking out of it together. But then Richie was a little more traditional as yeah. time led on. Yeah, you got to have Fran. Yes. Yeah, she's a trip. Yeah, I need to meet Fran. <laughs> oh boy, she's very cute. She's a she's a little whip. Yeah, she's very cute. <laughs> yep. After all these years of being engaged, what did it feel like to finally have your wedding? 
You've been engaged for You know, it's funny. Like, years. I feel like, I don't feel like anything has changed, like, dramatically. I just feel like there's a deeper sense of a foundation. Not to say there wasn't before, but that's just the only way I could really describe it. It's just like there's a deeper, like a deeper foundation of I like kind of feel like, roots not saying that emotions. we weren't before, but it just solidified like we're a family. Right. I know it sounds so weird, like just because you signed a piece of paper, we became one. Right. No, I felt the same way. I didn't think my relationship would change, but there was um, a stability, I think, that came with it that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Same. And also, it's funny because, you know, I hate to categorize straight weddings and, like, gay weddings. Like, I hate that. I hate the term gay wedding. Yeah, it's just a wedding. It's just a wedding. It's a wedding. So, like, people are always like, oh, how was it, you know, planning a gay wedding? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I didn't plan a gay wedding. I planned a wedding. Like, I hate that question. I think that question is just, like, so annoying. But we chose to get married because we love each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't get married because we're going to have kids and, like, all of that stuff. I mean, we might have kids. I don't know. We you know, we talk about it, but <laughs> it's not like we had to get married to go to the next step. So, like, we cho- like we chose each other to do this. Like, we didn't have to, but we chose it. And for no other reason than just wanting to be with each other, you know? So yes. I want to dig in a little bit to the fact that your wedding was actually filmed for the season finale of yeah. your show. Right. Mikey saves a date. Yes. How did that even fall into place? I would lose my mind if I was filming a show and having my wedding at the same time. And of course you planned it too. Right. So there was a lot going on <laughs> for you. So we we started planning the process of the wedding, you know, far sooner than the show kind of even came into play. So I think it was like six we were into the planning of it like six months already. And then my production company was shopping around the show. And it got picked up. So they said, you know, we would like to we would like to cover your wedding as the season finale. And like immediately I said no. I said it's just not an option. I said because I just didn't want like my personal and private life out, out there and all of that stuff. But then like the more I thought about it, I gave them strict guidelines. I'm like, there's no take twos. I'm like, either you get it or you don't. Like it's just it was that. But then when I thought like the bigger message about it for kids to watch, oh I hate to get emotional, but for kids to watch, like, our wedding on... <laughs> but for kids to watch, like, our wedding on TV, and for it to be almost normal for them to be experiencing that, like, that was the bigger message for me of, like, why I did it. Because at that time, our wedding was slated to be... The first. The first... Uh, again, televised. Gay wedding. Um, televised on a, on a national network. But Lance Bass and Michael got married in February. <laughs> yeah, he... So they beat us to it. Lance's first wedding. Yes. His second one will be to me later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But that, but that was the bigger message, honestly. Like, I just... I found it to be, like, a moment where we could maybe make a little bit of a difference. If, you know, one kid or two look at the show and be like, oh, wow, like, I could have that. That could be me. It's so important. Yeah. I've seen photos of your wedding, which is so beautiful. It seems like it was so long ago. Yeah. There was a whole thing about shoes. Yes. (laughs) I'd love for you to talk about it to kind of explain it to the listeners. So again, so I couldn't figure out what we wanted for the wedding, right? So a theme or like just whatever. We just wanted obviously the wedding to be about us and we wanted it to be like for 
you know, to reflect our personalities and stuff, which it did. But when it came to like the actual like design of it, typically when I'm talking to clients, like it just comes naturally. Like it just like literally pops in my mind. And as they're talking, like I'm designing their whole wedding. So like that happens in the first meeting. So now we're six months into it. I had no idea what's going on. I'm like, what colors are we doing? So nothing was falling into place. So then one day I was flipping through a magazine and I saw a pair of Christine Louboutin sneakers that were just so cute. They were just so cute. So they were black and white stripes. And I'm like, oh, I'll change into those toward the end of the party. So I bought them. And, you know, I just, it, that's how it happened. So, like, they arrived and I opened the box and I'm like, oh, that's it. Stripes, black and white stripes. So I just took that vision and Richie obviously was on board with it. And then that was kind of... That was just where the wedding came came from, were the sneakers. From a pair of shoes? A pair of sneakers. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to the sense of gay weddings. I, I know it's it's a wedding, but like seeing a gay couple get married was not super common right. at one point. So when you're approaching a wedding, I would imagine it's traditionally very heteronormative right. and sense a lot of the traditions, a lot of the things people are doing. So how did you break down? I know you talked about walking down the aisle, but were there any other moments where you felt like this doesn't feel right for us and I want to do something different? Well, it was funny because I wanted to do like the traditional vows, right? I, Mikey, take you, Richie, which we, we planned to do, but I don't we know. We wrote how. our own vows. We wrote our own like personal vows, but I wanted to still do that, but I don't know how that got missed, but it got missed. In, in the grand scheme of things. But I don't know. Traditional stuff, like, I just... We danced with our moms. We danced with our our moms. Like, we did that. But there wasn't anything else that, like, I felt like I needed to do to make it a wedding. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What about a first look? Did um, you do anything oh, we like did. that? Oh, my God. You want to you wanna laugh? So... Yes. I, I'm. We've been crying a lot. Well, I feel no, like we I, need to laugh. I probably will cry again. So we were filming the show, right? Mm-hmm. So... It was just like not like craziness. Like it was just nonstop. Well, although Richie woke up in the morning at seven o'clock in the morning, the day of the wedding. And I said, Richie, please don't wake up early. Like, let's wake up at like 10, 11 because it was like a really long day. So like we didn't have hair and makeup to do. So we could have slept in. So he woke up at like seven o'clock. He tapped me. He's like, oh, my God, it's seven o'clock in the morning. Why are you up? I'm like, go back to sleep. He's like, I can't. I'm so excited. So then I woke up because then I was obviously excited. But so the wedding didn't kick off until like five thirty, six o'clock. Yeah. Um, so we really ha- we had so much time. The beginning of the day seemed like it was dragging forever. Right. So finally, we got dressed and we head to the venue and we did. It wasn't like our first look because we got dressed together. But we were doing, like, photos. So we just started to take photos. So we went out to the ceremony area. And I don't know, like, I, I guess it just hit me, like, all of a sudden at once that we were getting married. So they were testing the music for <laughs> when we walked down the aisle. They started to play the music, and I lost it. I literally lost it. I said, stop the music! Stop the music! <laughs> I couldn't take it. I got so emotional. I started crying. And then that was it. Yeah. Then the rest of the day it kind of just, like, ran away from us. But... It was like at that moment that I was like, oh, my God, we're getting married. And it was just, it was the music. It was that music. Right, Carrie. She stopped me in my tracks. She yeah. does that. She does. I must say something about our wedding is, including with the speeches and everything, there was so much love in that one room. You just felt it. It vibrated oh, yeah. within every guest there. It was just beautiful. And something that was really, really different and special, all of our invitations went out to all of our guests. And... 
it just happened, this happened organically. The RSVP cards, every guest started decorating their RSVP cards. So every time. Well, now, so now this is what's funny. Social media came into play, yep. right? So this was in 2014 when we got married. So one of our friends, they sent back their RSVP card and he drew on it. He's a really good artist. So he drew like this beautiful thing. So I posted it on Instagram. And let me tell you, after that, everyone started getting very creative with their RSVPs. We got flower deliveries. We got wine and like champagne. People know I love hypnotic. So people sent Richie a bottle of champagne. I got a bottle of hypnotic. With the RSVP card. They drew on it. Someone blew the RSVP card up to like life three, size. Life size. Yeah. Showed up in the mail, delivery. Our friends came over with their kids with the shirts on it. Oh my gosh, that's with right. With their RSVPs on that. It was really cute. Yeah, it was really... Every, everyone came back with something different. Yeah. They bedazzled it. It, it was so... We, I, it we was, still have It was them. really exciting to get the mail every day. Like, oh, okay, who's this one from and yeah. what they do to it. We should, have, we should have actually brought them to the wedding and posted them somewhere, but we didn't. But we still have them somewhere. Those are nice guests. Yeah, it yeah. was nice. And like what Richie was saying, so... Of course, planning weddings, you know, I, I was on always the other side of it. So being on this side of it, there was a few things that I just wasn't emotionally prepared for. And that was one of them was like when we walked out and I could just like remember looking at everyone and being like, holy crap, there's so many people from so many different parts of the world that came together just to celebrate us. So that was, I would probably say the the most emotional moment feeling that everyone was there to just celebrate us. And that was just being on the opposite side of it, which was nice. And I want to talk about guests. Normally they bring gifts to the mm-hmm. wedding, which is a really fun part. And on average, couples usually have three registries. You guys had zero. Zero. Yes. What made you decide <laughs> not to create a wedding registry? Well, when we got engaged, again, we were building the cottage. So the cottage was our like housewarming. So we registered then. Because we didn't have anything at that point, you know. Right. So, like, we went to Bloomies, and I have to say, back then, so that was like 2004. They were amazing. They were so nice. They were like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Like, they were so happy and so excited about it. So, we registered there, and she said, you know, register for everything. She's like, because you're going to get it. And I'm like, well, we just need like a few things, whatever. So, she did. She talked us into like getting luggage and, you know, just everything. And we did. We wound up getting. Like, literally everything. Everything. An iron, TVs, microwave. Like, everything. Everything. (laughs) But starting out as a couple, you know, we didn't have any of that. Like, so, of course, we would have went out and bought it, but it was nice to not have to. (laughs) Is there stuff you still use to this day? Yeah. We still have the same china. Yep. Because we did everyday china, which his mom got us. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want, like, fancy china. Like You got Fran china. Yeah, we did. We got Fran china. (laughs) Yeah, but we do. We use it. We still use it. We still have the same same iron flatware. Yeah, no, not the same iron. But you tell I don't iron. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't. Someone's doing the ironing. It's not you. Exactly. (laughs) So you guys have been married four years, but you've had eighteen years together, which is incredible. How has married life been for the two of you? And what marriage advice would you give to other listeners? It, it's hard to say, you know, to give advice because, like, every relationship is different, right? So, like, I could just say for us, you see, he's on his phone. How annoying is this? This is what he does. He's multitasking. No, it's so annoying. Are you texting Joey Fatone? Yes. Can you tell him I said hi? <laughs> yes. 
This is the down. <laughs> this is the downfall of social media. But I, I would say like the biggest key advice I could possibly give is just to communicate. I mean, there's, there's nothing you can't get through without being able to communicate. You know. Well, my piece of advice is never go to sleep angry. Oh, really? With each other. I could count one or two times when you did that. <laughs> no, but it's the truth. <laughs> like, if you really put things into perspective, what is so crazy that you need to, like, argue so much or fight over something? If you made this commitment to get married and, you know, you, you entered this unity to be together, you're supposed to be each other's support system because this world, the world out there is crazy to begin with. So if you don't have – if you made this commitment to each other – and this marriage, this unity, it's not your enemy. It's your friend. It's your partner in life, partner in crime. So support each other. You know, figure it out. You know, don't get married just to get married. Get married because this is the person that you love, your soulmate. Yeah. It's the truth. So if you get into a little argument, it could be over the children or work or whatever, but work is crazy altogether, you know, professional crap going on, but... When you come home, that's your, sanc- that's your secret place. That's your safe place. And your husband or your wife or whoever that person is, that's your, you know, that's your partner. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. I want to get your perspective, Mikey, because you also plan weddings for couples who are getting married. Mm-hmm. Do you see, like when you work with a couple, are you like, oh, this isn't going to work out? Like, oh, yeah. Based off of how people interact? Yeah, 100%. So... For instance, I was working with this couple. They were getting married overseas, and I went. Actually, Richie came, and Richie never comes to like any of the weddings that I do because you know, I'm a different. I'm a different person when I'm working. <laughs> I'm not as friendly. He's a boss. He's Michael. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm Michael. Because <laughs> things just have to get done. So Richie came with me on this trip, and the bride came with her fiance, and then the fiance's mom, so the groom's mom. And as soon as I saw the interaction between the mom. Her and the groom, I was like, oh, this wedding is not happening. Like, I just knew it. Like, I'm very, my in, my intuitions are always on. I'm like, oh, this wedding's not happening. It's just not What happening. was it about their interaction? It was just so toxic. And it was mm-hmm. so, like, it was just so weird. So, like, there's different levels of, you know, the way people interact, you know. So, like, sometimes it's a bigger deal. Sometimes it's not. Like, but in the grand scheme of things, when you're when you're getting married, you're not just marrying the person; you're marrying their family. You know, it is it is an extension of them. You know, so if you're having these problems, and this is a really good tip, if you're having these problems before, they're not going to get better; they're only going to get worse. So you need to figure out what like what those issues are, and like calm it down and just like iron all of the stuff out before you get married because it will only get worse. I have to second that. Yeah. They didn't get married. No, they did not get married. That's sad. They called it off. But it's true. I mean, marriage amplifies so many things, especially with family. Yeah. Well, it was great having you both. Oh, thanks for I having appreciate me. it. We cried. We laughed. <laughs> we Definitely. talked about Lance Bass. I feel like I accomplished what I needed to. <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you so much for coming. Thank thanks you for having amazing. us. So stick around. Because in just a moment, we'll hear from you and what your best tips are for building a marriage that lasts. XOXO is a podcast produced by The Knot, the nation's leading wedding planning app, offering a seamless, all-in-one planning experience. 
from finding inspiration in local vendors to creating your registry and managing all your guest experiences like digital RSVPs and photo sharing. The Knot was founded on the mission of helping every couple plan their wedding, regardless of their style, budget, location, culture, or who they choose to marry. For more than 20 years, The Knot has helped empower 25 million couples and counting to plan their perfect celebration. If you're planning a wedding, be sure to download The Knot Wedding Planner app, available for all mobile devices. And now, a word from our listeners. Hi, I'm Stephanie from Austin, Texas. My husband and I just got married this past summer, and our best marriage advice is to not compare your relationship to everyone else's. In today's day and age, it's so easy to look at Instagram and Facebook or even your best friend's marriage and think that that's what yours should be. But the truth is, no relationship is perfect, and no two marriages are the same. As long as you and your spouse are happy and it's working, that's all that matters. Jen, a newlywed from Asheville, North Carolina, wrote an email to us sharing, being married is not just a vow, a commitment, or a declaration. It is a path for two people who love each other to follow throughout all the changes life brings. Like any path, it will have its twists and turns and ups and downs, but don't ever forget that it is taken together. Keep moving and have a wonderful journey. Thanks for tuning in to XOXO by The Knot. If you have a comment about our show, tips for making your own traditions, or marriage advice you want to share on air, email us at xoxo at the knot.com or leave us a message by calling 917-524-6508. Or you can connect with us on social. I'm over there. Search for our handle at The Knot. And you can find us on the web at thenot.com. We'll be back next week, so be sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you to our show producer, Lauren Nolan, and show coordinator, Emily Berman. XOXO by The Knot is recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City.